Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The overall tax plan, I think, works for workers. And here's why. You've got to look at it in context of our economic war with China. You can't separate the tariffs and what he's doing on the 301s, what he's doing on trying to stop intellectual property theft and appropriation from the taxes. The taxes principally were to make our companies competitive with Germany and China. The, 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 the personal tax rates, which I didn't totally agree with, right, because there's more of the trickle down, uh, is something that had to be used to get this thing passed. So that's Steve Bannon a while back explaining that the the Trump tax cut was meant to offset the pain that was going to come with the tariff war. Right. I actually heard somebody use that um, argument against Trump on one of the Sunday talk shows. Look, all the gains that they made here in Pennsylvania with the tax cut, they're losing it all through the tariff war. Well, that was supposed to be an offset now. If that was the point, Steve Bannon's on some show talking about it. I haven't heard Trump explain that to anybody. No, no. Uh, why don't we usher in the fabulous Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent from the Las Vegas Review Journal, currently at their D.C. bureau, I believe, uh, to discuss this and more. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Hard to believe that Steve Bannon is no longer with this administration, isn't it? Well, I tell you what, the, the, <laughs> the complete lack of reporting on that angle, and this is one of the most poorly reported stories I remember in recent years, as everybody is just looking at it purely through the lens of, do I like Trump or dislike Trump? Um, this is a really big, interesting, important negotiation they're in the middle of. This is, you know, everything, the, the Trump presidency hangs on this. Because, as you know, because we know that, uh, let's go ahead, say it, China. China. <laughs> That's right. Trump, that, the, the big issue for him was that he was going to take on China and that he was, going to, he was going to do what he could to get China to have fair trade practices. And, 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 and now we're in the middle of it. And one of two things is going to happen. Trump's going to win or he's not. If Trump wins, it's a big gain for the U.S. economy. It hurts China. And I think we'll have a, we'll have a great economy through 2020, and his chances of being reelected are certainly, you know, better than even, right? If he loses, and we have a – and this is a prolonged trade war, it's going to hurt the U.S. economy. It's going to hurt him uh, among his base, which is – really stood behind him up till now and 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 maybe for a while we just don't know how long uh and uh he's not going to come across as the great deal maker that he said he was and it will be ugly hey i want to point something out partly for our listeners and partly for you deborah we talked about this i think it was last hour uh, we got a great note from an eminent uh, thinker and, um, well, uh, somebody who knows about Chinese-American trade and has lived and worked in China for 40 years. He says, in China, there's a significant and growing body of academics, business people, and policymakers who agree that most of what the U.S. is demanding of China 
is in China's long-term interest. So while in the short term, I think it would be more beneficial for the U.S. than China, there are plenty of Chinese who think we need to sign this deal and continue our move to economic modernity. So I just thought that was worth uh, noting. But uh, as usual, I found the Trump administration's messaging on this uh, a bit haphazard. Yeah, it's always interesting that Trump is both... Uh, maybe the greatest political communicator of my lifetime and the worst at the same time. I mean, sometimes he communicates thoughts and feelings to crowds in a way that nobody can, and everybody's cheering. And then on stuff like this, I feel like he counts on pundits on Fox News to explain his policies to people because he doesn't really. I haven't heard him go out there and make the argument to farmers, look, it's going to hurt for a while. I realize this, but this is what's going to be like for you in the future. Why doesn't he do that? He, he does it on Twitter. He's been doing tweets saying, yes. He's it's trying to count farmers. on all farmers to read his, tw- his tweets? Yeah, <laughs> I guess they get up early, milk the cows, and read his tweets. <laughs> um, but, but, I mean, there are, he, and he said, um, this, is going, um, this is going to hurt China, that if you don't want to uh, pay tariffs, then you shouldn't be manufacturing in China. You can move to another low-cost country to manufacture, like Vietnam. And, yes, farmers are going to be hurt in the long run. It's going to help you. We've got this $15 billion fund that we can give to farmers that will help ease the pain somewhat. I know manufacturers are going to be hurt, but in the end, it will be in their interest. He's been saying all that on Twitter. Well, listen, you got to go to the White House and tell them to hire Joe Getty as their new uh, communications <laughs> director. Because if I were in charge, I would be out there. I would have the president. I would have uh, all of his uh, spokespeople saying, all we want is for China to follow the rules they agreed to when they joined the World Trade Organization. We've been letting them slide now for damn near a couple of decades, and they're ripping us off. We don't want them to rip us off anymore. It kind of reminds me of the NATO thing. Look, I didn't decide this. This was decided by others a long time ago. I'm just trying to enforce the rules. Actually, it fits in with immigration, too. I'm enforcing the rules, the laws that other people passed, whether it's the World Trade Organization, our own Congress, or whoever. Other people were letting it slide. That's kind of interesting. You're right. Um, you would know more about this because you're you're so close to Trump and follow him and everything like that. I can't imagine him personally backing down just because he's the kind of the kind of guy he is. I can see him taking this to the end. But will the Republican Party cave on him at some point? Well, I mean, these are trade negotiations. I, I mean, the, the party has stuck with him amazingly. And when you think about what a free trade party the Republican Party has been, the fact that he has this much support and that basically uh, – even even free trade senators are trying to give him a pass on this. I think because of the points you made, everybody knows it's in our interest to have this work. That if Trump can get the concessions he's looking for, it's good for the U.S. economy and the country comes out stronger. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> My mind wandered for a second. Well, you, his, we? his personality, yeah. can you see him yeah. backing down? Well, you know, he did back down on the budget. And so we've seen that before, where when there was a government shutdown, he did back down once. I don't see him doing that on this one, except, you know, if you can, if, here's the thing. He likes this personal relationship that he has with Xi, and these personal relationships mean a lot to him. Um, I guess my only question would be, if the Chinese can convince him that the deal that China wants is Trump winning, maybe something like that happens. Um, otherwise, this is his signature issue. This is the thing that he really wants to win. But if China is just going to be intransigent and the U.S. economy continues to get pummeled and it's already started, at some point in time, 
a reasonable person would cry uncle. And then the question is, then why did you get us into this problem? Mm. And that's and that's the thing I can't imagine the, the the situation that Donald Trump cannot want to be in. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal, on the line talking about the uh, the trade uh, negotiation that's going on. What do your sources say, uh, Deborah? About oh, speaking of mind wandering. Um, Oh, what was I going to ask? Oh, it was important. China trade. <laughs> it was I'm something so you just said. It was. A, uh, I got distracted. I'm looking I'm at sorry. AOC's Twitter page, and oh man, she is something. <laughs> um, uh, oh, the, what I hear is that all of the material issues have been decided, and they're just hung up on enforcement mechanisms. Is that what you're hearing? Well, I mean, what Trump's saying is we agreed on everything, and then they took it all back. Oh yeah, that's what they, they're saying. We we we. Agreed, we're ninety five percent there, and then China just said no, and this is, and this is a, a negotiating tactic, and that then so we're supposed to give up the concessions we won. Mm. Well, I guess we'll we'll find out in time, but I, I still think a deal will be struck, and I think it will be enormously positive. Um, but but we shall see. You're you're talking about a totalitarian regime, and if there's one thing totalitarians who are good at their jobs know, that if they give a little, they might lose everything. Because when it comes to control, you know, there's only, you know, there's control, and then there's not control. Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent, Las Vegas Review-Journal. Thanks a million, Deb. Thank you. We will talk to you soon. I had never thought of that about that before until I started rambling on there, but there are three issues there where Trump could have done could still do a better job of arguing, look, I'm just enforcing the rules that already existed. Mm -hmm. The NATO countries agreed to paying this much. They weren't. I'm going to make them pay how much they agreed to. He doesn't value NATO. He wants to tear apart NATO. Our immigration laws are this. I'm going to enforce them. He's a racist. If you don't like them, change the laws. And the WTO, the way they've set up everything, China's supposed to do this. They aren't. Right. I'm saying we need to enforce it. Right. Yeah. He didn't invent all these things, these new hard lines. He's willing to go through a little pain to enforce it, which none of his predecessors were, Republican or Democrat. Pretty interesting. Worth noting. Oh, oh, coming up. Not to be missed. First-person account of Dennis Rodman spotted in the wild. (laughs) Dennis, no yoga studio is safe from me. Rodman. An Armstrong and Getty listener had a, a, what do we used to call it? Uh, brush with greatness? Yeah, yeah. If you've well, ever run brush into a, with Rodman, if you've ever run into a celebrity and people would call us and tell yes. us their stories, those were always hilarious. They were pretty I love those. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, somebody had a brush with Dennis Rodman. Oh yeah, and it's worth it. That There's among, worth staying for you. Yeah. That among other things coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Speaking of a basketball player, which we're about to, Steph Curry, who is the captain of the most dominant basketball team in the world, uh, is playing against his brother Seth Curry tonight in the Western Conference Finals. His brother plays for the Portland Trail Blazers, and it's the first time that's ever happened. Mm. And their dad, who is an NBA star, gets to watch his two sons play in the Western Conference Finals, which would be a pretty weird experience, I'm sure. Well, I understand that his parents, their their parents, there was a coin flip for who would root for which team. 
which I think is kind of cute. But anyway, best of the entire Curry family. All hail genetics. So I we guess. were talking to, uh, talking not to, about Dennis Rodman. His most recent brush with humiliation. He and uh, several members of his posse have been uh, accused of ripping off a yoga studio and breaking some gigantic crystal. So if you're under 40, you don't remember him as a basketball star, probably. Mm, yeah, yeah, roughly, you're sure. close. Yeah. He's just a weird celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. He was an unbelievably effective basketball player. But for the past several decades, he's been on Celebrity Apprentice and Big Brother and Rehab This and all that sort of thing. Right, right, right. Whoever would have him, really. Uh, Jimmy from San Francisco writes, for your entertainment. A few years ago, I was traveling to Orange County for a conference at a Wyndham Hotel located in a giant office industrial park near John Wayne Airport. Fine airport. Perfectly fine establishment, better than cheap hotels I was used to. While in the lobby, a large man, easily identifiable as the worm, Dennis Rodman, (laughs) walks into the lobby wearing a white sleeveless t-shirt and warm-up pants, a.k.a. athleisure, he points out. Thank you. He follows my attractive female colleague into the elevator. Oh, my God. Number one. Oh, that's a move. Oh, boy. Hey, baby. I text her uh, that... She just got in the elevator with Dennis Rodman. She replies that he smelled a B.O. and weed. We all laughed, think it's weird, but whatever. The next night, we're at the hotel bar. Or we're amusing ourselves, discussing why Rodman would be at the random hotel. And the bartender says, oh, Dennis, he's in here all the time. Um, uh, we all stare at him without missing a beat. He pauses and says, this is where all the flight attendants stay. As if on cue, Dennis walks in, wearing the same outfit as the day before, and a middle-aged woman attending the conference gets up from the bar and starts telling him how much she admired him, etc. He sits down and spends the next hour hanging at this woman's table. Every few minutes, he cackles annoyingly and claps his huge paws together, making a thunderous racket. I notice he's taking free drinks from people from the table. Then several drinks in, gets up, leaves, gets into his 10-year-old Range Rover and leaves. Uh, words can't capture the scene well enough, but I had to share. Are there flight attendants in America who want to lie down with Dennis Rodman? Lay with the stinky, weed-smoking worm. If you're apparently. living the lifestyle where you're looking for uh, not betrothed to or even dating with companionship, why Dennis Rodman? <laughs> A 54-year-old, washed-up, not particularly attractive nut job. (laughs) Allegedly. Well, not only that, but he made millions of dollars. Now, he played back before the current contracts, but he made lots of money. And I think his current net worth estimated like half a million dollars. Um, so I'd be surprised he, if he has anything. He probably has some equity in a, a decent L.A. home. Yeah, he's had some serious financial trouble, so... It's ain't for the money. No, you right. wouldn't be doing it for the money. No. You would get a thrill out of that or something? In somehow? fact, not only is he not the guy with a posse of hangers-on that drink on him and eat on him and party on him. No, he wanders into hotel bars and by you know virtue of his celebrity gets other people to buy him drinks. I get that. I would do that. I would buy Dennis Rodman a drink to sit down and talk to him. Right. But the whole fornicating with him? Are there women who are doing that? Do you tell your friends, yeah, I was in L.A. last week and I slept with Dennis Rodman, and they don't go, you? 
Yeah. I don't believe that. No. Oh, I'm sorry. How about this? How's your wife? Is she fucking your ass every day? Really? Really? Ask your wife. Dennis is a cocktail enthusiast. He's uh, he's had some wrestling matches with the sauce, from what I understand. He's at the he's at the tail end of the even be able to get free drinks, let alone companionship. I gotta believe. Yes, and he'll be into the just homeless or dead. Yeah, I was just gonna say his next chapter could be grim. Oh, it almost certainly. And I don't wish it on the guy. It's only it, it will be. There's only one way out, really, for him. Like if he completely cleans up, gets his act together, and does on some sort of motivational thing. You know, goes around speaking books, that sort of thing. That's like the only way out for him. Well, unless he just gets a job. Just like working a regular job as a... Who was the former celebrity using who was... his ability to... Well, that's... Who was that <laughs> former celebrity who was ID'd as checking groceries? His expertise in... Oh, yeah, he was the uh, he was the kid of the Cosby show. Oh, that's was it? It wasn't Malcolm Jamal Warner, was it? No, 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 no. It was no. Oh, it was the 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 boyfriend, right? Yeah, the fiance, the boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, he needed money, so he got himself a job. But I don't. I would never mock somebody for that. No. What's the alternative? You would apparently. I can tell by your tone of voice. I'm not sure he could get a job like that. I, for one, am disgusted. You don't think he'd be hired? I need to know, ladies. Four one five two nine five KFTC. Oh boy. Would you be willing to lay with well, Dennis Rodman? Or just, no? can you even imagine any of your friends doing that? Four one five two nine five KFTC. I'm I'm constantly amazed by celebrity and the way women go for celebrity. It just it's always seemed weird to me. He's a celebrity for being awful. That's why he's that's why he's known, or at least nuts. What's coming up? On the other hand, he has brought peace to the Korean Peninsula. (laughs) What's coming up in your news, Marshall? President Trump, on those reports, the U.S. is reviewing military plans against Iran, and Congress is considering a bill stopping federal payments to dead people. That's a good idea. Uh, So our text line is 415-295-KFTC. In Trump's America, the dead are on their own. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Before we get to our breaking news, we have a uh, celebrity passing. Uh, have you confirmed that, by the way? Is that confirmed? I don't want to be saying that if we haven't confirmed it. Yeah. Before we mention that, we got a bunch of texts on the Dennis Rodman thing. Nobody even trolling said yes. Everybody says, no, gross, not with yours. That's disgusting. Can't even imagine me or any of my friends. Oh, boy. So I'm thinking Dennis Rodman's hanging out at the hotel bars where the flight attendants hang out. Hoping this would happen, but it's not. Well, maybe or you know, all it takes is one. Yeah, I bet it doesn't happen often. Well, I don't know. Wow, I wonder. That I is think pathetic. you might be shocked. Yeah, it is. Anyway, it is that we do have a beloved celebrity passing. Breaking news, Michael. <laughs> they come in. Th- they come in threes. Yesterday, Doris Day. Today, oh boy. Star of the Carol Burnett Show, one of my favorite people ever on television, Tim Conway, is dead at 85. Tim, uh, one of the brilliant comedians of the 20th century, uh, physical comedian, gifted verbal comedian, facialist, he was just stunningly talented and hilarious and said to be a thoroughly decent human being. And um, we've been lucky enough to be acquainted with his son, Tim Conway Jr., who's also very, very talented and a very good guy. Uh, so condol- condolences to the family. He'd been suffering from dementia for quite some time, yes. as I understand it. Um, but anyway, so terrific guy. Yeah, that uh, that one's that's uh, yeah. 
Uh, it happens. But. Okay, now according to this other news report, unlike the previous one I saw, he suffered from complications from normal pressure hydrocephalus and had no signs of dementia or Alzheimer's. Our apologies okay. for reading freaking modern media. So you said something that just was 100% not true. <laughs> or the first one was true and that wasn't. That sounds pretty specific, so I'm going with Let's that Let's get to the real science of celebrity deaths. They come in threes. Oh, boy. So we had Doris Day and Tim Conway. Do we have the red phone to Betty White still hooked up? <laughs> yes. You also had the uh, wrestler who uh, oh, died ridiculous. in the ring. Well, the I, that doesn't day. count, does it? I don't, I don't, no. Nobody well, even knows the name. No. Uh, he was no. beloved in some quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the news now with Marshall Phillips. All right, this just coming in. Election files in two Florida counties were indeed hacked by Russia in the 2016 election. That's what Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis said today. He's adding no votes were manipulated. Results weren't altered in any way. The governor said he got that information from the FBI as well as state election and law enforcement officials. Now, in other news, the president is dismissing that New York Times story about the White House reviewing military plans against Iran. The Times reported the plan included sending upwards of 120,000 troops to the Middle East if Iran attacks American forces or increases its work on nuclear weapons. Outside the White House today, President Trump called the story fake news. Would I do that? Absolutely. But we have not planned for that. Hopefully we're not going to have to plan for that. And if we did that, we'd send a hell of a lot more troops than that. I, I, I never understand these conversations. I never understand them. They're dumb. Do you understand them? Well, yeah, it has to do with the term plan. Well, I guarantee you. There is a plan, but we don't plan to. I'll bet we have a hundred different Thick, well thought out, hundreds of pages long plans for ways to to attack Iran, from the air, from the sea, on land, a combination of the two, nukes, secret with other countries. What if we did it with Great Britain and France? What if we did it on our own? What if we did it with Saudi Arabia? I'll be, I'll be guarantee all these plans are written up. A close and relative have been for decades. Close relative of mine may or may not be in, have been involved in his career in in drawing up contingency plans. That's what your job is. That's what right. you think they're doing all day long in those business in those buildings, sir. Russia has just attacked. Uh, I don't know uh, Romania. Oh my God. Um. Uh, we probably need tanks. Um, How would we get them there? Where would we land them? Where's the, where's the closest port? How many airplanes do we have, sir? No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> you 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 open up Plan Nine from outer space and you yes. get to work. Yeah. So so okay. yes, we have plans, but we don't plan to. So it's possible that this just leaked out to scare Iran or to let them know we're serious. And, uh, that's absolutely possible. Um. Uh, but that first part you said caught my attention. I'd only heard half of it the first time you mentioned it. That we would do this if they attacked uh, U.S. interests? Attack American forces. Okay, if you attack American forces. Okay, right. I could believe that. Or increase their work on nuclear weapons. In other words, start... We'd invade with 120,000 troops if they start back up on their nuclear program? That, that seems a little shocking. Um, unlikely. Meanwhile, President Trump says he's still optimistic about resolving the growing trade war with China, calling it a little squabble. We are, uh, again, in a very, very strong position. They want to make a deal. It could absolutely happen. Meanwhile, U.S. officials targeted another $300 billion in additional goods for possible tariff hikes. 
The uh, Chinese dollar. This is some good pressure application. So they announce the new round of tariffs Mm -hmm. and say, here's the list that's next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, Beijing is vowing to, quote, fight to the finish on this. Get a Northern California jury ordering agribusiness giant Monsanto to pay a combined $2 billion to a couple who claimed the company's popular weed killer Roundup caused their cancer. $2 billion. Yeah, I have such weird feelings about this. Um, As a guy who's used a lot of Roundup and got the very same cancer that the guy in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago got $80 million from the Roundup company, and this couple gets $2 billion? $80 million, guys. Lawyer sucks. And these people didn't die. They're like me. They got the lymphoma. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. They they, they did the treatment. They got over it, and then they get hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. I don't think we're owed that, and there's no only proof that that Roundup causes cancer. Our government says it's okay. Even in the state of California, you can buy it in stores, and they think everything causes cancer. Right. You walk into the building where we work, and there's a sign. There are some chemicals on the premises that could cause cancer. So what do you want me to do? Work outside in the parking lot? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, it's hilarious, and I keep meaning. There's a contest, I think, about that, the most ridiculous right. Prop 60, what was it, in California, that everything has to be labeled. Yes. But, um... Uh, what's hilarious is uh, I finally saw that label. It's the kind of thing you pass every day and don't notice. Right. I saw it. What is the first door inside the front entrance in this building? Do you know the answer to that question? It's on the left. The American Cancer Society. Oh, right, right, right. So you walk past the, this building could cause cancer sign, which means nothing to nobody and serves no purpose. And there's the American Cancer Society. They don't seem to be very concerned. That's, and if they ain't, nobody is. That's pretty hilarious. Isn't it? The irony place. Wow. Of, uh, and it's all to please lawyers. Mounted their horses and, <laughs> and picked up their billy clubs. And getting back to lawyers and courts and this whole thing. So a couple, they got cancer. They claim it's from Roundup. Right. They got some scientists who claim it is. And they got $2 billion from the company. Both of them getting it. You got a grand. is kind of weird. What's the threshold for suing? Can I find... Some scientist who would say, yeah, I've uh, done the research and playing with Legos gives you cancer. And then you sue Lego and you find the right jury and they decide, yeah, probably the Legos and you get $100 million. I mean, is there more to it than that? No. No. You know, obviously Roundup has some advantages over Lego as a scary substance. But but, there's plenty of science. What you described? No. There's plenty of science that says that Roundup doesn't cause cancer. Right. And our own government just last week, the EPA EPA said, no, it doesn't cause cancer. This couple got $2 billion. You know, how do you get into the business of being an expert who gets up on the stand and, and, and shovels horse ass? Because I'd be willing to do that for a living. I'd fly from trial to trial and say... Uh, absolutely, uh, Counselor. In my opinion, uh, I got a pen in front of me. In my opinion, uh, big pens cause insanity. Uh, that's a, <laughs> there you go. My studies have shown it. One last note Michigan Democratic Senator Gary Peters introducing legislation aimed at stopping fraudulent payments to people who have died. The Stopping Improper Payments to Deceased People Act would, among other things, set up procedures to ensure more accurate death data. According to the Inspector General, Six and a half million people in the country listed as alive are over 112 years old. Mm, that's and old. Supposedly a chunk of them still receiving some sort of payment from many, the government. How many people are listed as that old? Six and a half million. Ah, that's not accurate. 
Yes. And over Whoa. 112 years old. Wow, and they're still getting payments. Well, somebody is. All right, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Yeah, I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Anybody knows more about that whole soon company? I'm not going to do it. I just I just find it interesting that it, that it exists and how it doesn't happen more often. I'll bet it's going to happen more often now. A couple of these recent giant judgments. If you got cancer from anything that could be, if, you, if there are any scientists at all out there that say it's bad for you, mm-hmm. take your swing at it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The amounts of juries willing to get are insane. Well, and you can do it on spec, as they say. The attorney right. won't charge you until you win. Then they keep a third or whatever it is. Um, you can keep a third of my $2 billion. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, no kidding. That's insane money. And the guy that got $80 million in San Francisco, right. which I thought was a large amount of money, he must be thinking, what'd you guys do? What, yeah. what, are you real lawyers? I should have gone. Yeah, come on. You're calling them up every day. <laughs> 80 mil, F you. Click. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're, and again, $2 billion. I, listen, I understand the the... The difficulties of the treatment. I've never lived through it, thank God. But And, you know, you can have loss of income, loss of consortium, side effects, a hundred different things. Maybe you lost your business um, because you were sick. But unless your business was General Motors, I mean, $2 billion? That's astonishing. Well, if you die, you can't put a price on life. But a company would have to knowingly be putting out a product that gives cancer. All their research shows that it's killing you. And they just ignored it. I mean, to to get into that kind of territory, yeah. yeah and then plus, you and, got your compensatory damages and and punitive damages. And what's just the thinking of our legal system that this couple brought it forward, so they get to two billion dollars, right. not the other millions of people that have gotten lymphoma and could claim it was from uh, from Roundup. Yeah. Well, you didn't bring it to court. I mean, it just just seems weird. Do you have to have all your receipts through the years, or what? How does that work? <laughs> oh, that's a good one right there. Yeah, yeah I don't know. For all the Roundup that you've u- ever used? Your Honor, you'll notice this before and act after picture of my uh, my yard. There were many weeds there. There, You see they're browned and withered. <laughs> well, all right. That's acceptable proof. <laughs> On with the trial. <laughs> $2 billion. God, what would you even, how would you even wrap your head around uh, having that kind of money? You know what we could buy? Anything. And then burn it and then buy another one. <laughs> That's the way to live. Yes. They're old, too. They're an old couple. So wow. Anyway, good luck to you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Bernie blasted Biden for not going far enough talking about climate change. Uh, Biden said something like, "There's a middle ground on between New Green Deal and yeah. this." And AOC Bernie said, "There's no, no, there's no middle ground on climate change." Um, and it reminded me there's a European country, I don't remember which one, that they've got legislation going where they're going to pledge a quarter of their GDP toward climate change. I mean, just mm. it's become a religion for a lot of people. Yeah, I guess if you fully believe that in 12 years we're going to hit the irreversible point, then you trade in your coat for a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> You got to adapt and overcome, huh? I could see how it could become like a religion. It's the most important thing to human beings, I guess. 
Yeah. If you think all the plant well, life's going to die and in, in the whole and the animals as well. Come on now. Yeah, I suppose I just I, I, if you look at the data on what the various plans would accomplish, and and you have your Venn diagram. That's one circle. Then your other circle is what the world's gonna do, willing to do. The overlap, it just it's not going to make a lot of difference. So I just don't spend that much time working on it. I don't think about it. Thinking about it. I know I know people personally. Now, they're a little nutty, but I know people personally who talk about it constantly. I mean, you can't have a conversation with them without climate change coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a religion. It's, it's part of your daily life. Right. Yeah. Well, people are looking for meaning in their lives, and they're finding it there in some cases. China and India don't care. That's all I need to know. No, nope. no. Nope. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at this article, the dark reasons so many millennials are miserable and broke. And uh, it has to do with uh, heavily with social media and, and broke, too. It's a financial thing. And then I was reminded it's Mark Zuckerberg's birthday today. Happy birthday, Mark. Happy, and it's a special, special treat. For Mark Zuckerberg and, and everybody he works with in Silicon Valley, we have a very special guest. Michael, can we open the door, please? It's Mark Zuckerberg's father. Is he uh, is he out in the lobby? Is he ready? Here he comes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Zuckerberg's father, Satan. Well, it's good to be with you. Well. I'm proud of the boy. <clears throat> I've always, you know, dreamed one of my sons would grow up to be the Antichrist and Tell you what, he's committed unrelenting evil since he got out of college, and I couldn't be more proud. You may have noticed the different last name Zuckerberg. He embraced uh, Judaism at one point, and that's fine with me. Uh, I don't uh, tell my kids how to live their lives, just as long as they perpetrate evil. Thank wow. you, Satan. Thank wow. you for stopping by. Zuckerberg's the Antichrist, not a nuanced view. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, millennials <laughs> spend more time on social media than older generations. That's obvious. Um, it seems to be hurting both their finances and their mental health. Now, the mental health part we've been sure. talking about a lot. Finances, just you spend so much time doing it, you can't make a living. Oh, that's right. I was supposed to go to work. Whoops. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> get sucked into the YouTube vortex. Uh, about half a millennial say their spending habits have been influenced by the photos and experiences their friends share on social media. Hmm. About a third of Americans in general say the same thing. I'd have to think about that. Um, roughly two and three millennials think that social media has a negative impact on their financial well-being. Two out I of hadn't three? really thought about this at all. The, yeah. Two out of three say it's affecting my finances poorly. Yeah. This uh, Wow. Uh, Fidelity, the financial firm, surveyed more than 2,000 folks. That's pretty thorough. Uh, data released in 2018 by mobile bank firm Vero Money found that 53% of millennials admit to buying something they saw advertised on social media. I wish our millennial Sean was here to tell us how that is uh, happening for him and his crowd. In a different survey, more than half say they've spent money they hadn't planned to because of something they saw on social media. Well, if it's your friends saying, hey, this is great, I could see that having power. Sure. You know, Nancy Pelosi here. If you boys do a good job on Final Thoughts, I got a butterscotch in my sweater pocket for you. The gurgling is killing me. (laughs) It's such a funny line. (laughs) But the spittle in his throat is just disgusting.
<laughs> I've got a butterscotch in my pocket. <laughs> Sweater pocket, because it's going to yes. have the, the right. fuzz on Right, it. unwrapped. Yes, I <laughs> saved it for you. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Marshall Phillips, final thought. I just want to wish uh, former President Jimmy Carter, 94 years old, get well soon, my friend. Jimmy Carter fell down, broke his hip on his way to a turkey hunt. Wow, he was hunting turkeys yes. in his 90s, right? Yes, 94. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Michelangelo, your final thought for us? Uh, yeah, the cost of drugs continues to rise 20% every year. This may mean no more head lice shampoo for me. <laughs> Great. Uh, Positive Sean is out uh, right now. And so with a special guest final thought, it's executive producer Mike Hansen. Hansen. I want everybody to go to armstronggetty.com right now. We've got Craig, the Obamacare lawyer segment from earlier today, and Vladimir Putin falling flat on his face at a hockey match. A plug for the website, Absolutely. Jack. Final thought? I'm sure I can find this on my own, but if any of our listeners are Tim Conway fans and you come across a, across a great montage... Hit us on the Twitter or someplace with that, because I'd like to see one. Tim Conway passed today. Yes, indeed. Great comedian. Uh, thoroughly decent human being. Uh, he will be missed. And there's really no time for my original final thoughts, so uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Grueling four-hour workday over. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act. Uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.